Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back, 974-8255. So, Jason Kenny putting forward some interesting uh, democratic reforms. Uh, they have merit, I think, to varying degrees. But I like the fact that, you know, he's putting ideas on the table and we can have a conversation about whether we like them, don't like them, etc. Now, we're just standing by to see what it is that uh, Brian Mason plans on announcing here. And I'm kind of strangely curious about it all. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting contrast because he had Jason Kenney penciled in for one o'clock. He's going to talk about democratic reform. And then at one thirty, Brian Mason is going to uh, reveal the truth about Jason Kenney. Well, what could that possibly be? What does that have to do with government business? Uh, Very little, obviously. So it's definitely campaign season. But yeah, the the headline on the uh, NDP news release here, Brian Mason reveals the truth about Jason Kenney. Brian Mason to make an announcement on behalf of Alberta's NDP on Thursday, February 14th, 1.30 p.m. Uh, So that was four minutes ago. No word yet on uh, what that truth is. And what if we can't handle the truth? Then what? All right, 974-8255. But I'm curious what you make of of these ideas uh, that Jason Kenney has put forward, what he calls the most sweeping package of democratic reforms in Alberta history. And yeah, I mean, if you followed through on this, it certainly would be. Recall legislation, fixed election date, free votes for uh, MLAs, would ban unions from becoming political action committees, would ban desk thumping, Okay, I guess. Uh, Would also restart the Senate in waiting elections. They would ban floor crossings. They would uh, introduce an end partisan government advertising act. Yeah, certainly this current government's been running a lot of ads, which seem more designed about promoting the government going into an election campaign. But this is nothing new. And in fact, there was a lot of controversy in 2015, you might recall, about the amount of money the Harper government was spending on ads for their economic action plan. So I, I think there's, there's uh, a fair critique there about the hypocrisy of some of this, given that Jason Kenney was a part of that government. But in terms of the merits of the ideas, it's certainly solid. So if he's prepared to implement that, uh, again, I'd say kudos on that. So the ban on partisan government advertising like that, the voter recall, I, I've long argued for that. I, I think that's great. Fixed election date makes a lot of sense. We've got this weird fixed election period that allows the government to call the election between March 1st and May 31st and still creates a lot of the uncertainty that we're in at the moment. So having a fixed election date would make sense. I realize under our system there, there are different circumstances that might come into play. I mean, if government falls, then we're going to the polls, regardless of what the fixed election date says. But short of that, to have some certainty as to when the election is going to be, I I think there's a lot to be said for that. Free votes for MLAs. I think parties talk a good game about that. I'll believe it when I see it. I think there's something to be said for that, unless it's something that's going to bring down the government or, as Kenny's announcement alludes to, something that's kind of a central policy plank where, you know, you promise to do policy X, 
then that would be uh, an exception. Otherwise, you would allow uh, free votes for MLAs. It's unfortunate that we have to propose that. I don't know why that's just not more of an element of our system, because it certainly allows for that. Uh, The ban on floor crossing, I've never liked the idea of a ban on floor crossing. That's come up many times in the past. I I think ultimately the voters can have a say. Voter recall is one way that that voters can make their displeasure known, whether it's a floor cross or some other kind of betrayal of their constituents. So some interesting ideas there anyway. So we can talk more about that. Uh, 974-8255, a couple of stories I wanted to get to here with uh, our next guest, uh, and in particular this investigation. Uh, that uh, is published today, globalnews.ca, and a Toronto charity alleged to have uh, had connections to the Iranian Revolution, an accusation that, in fact, it was formed to spread the Iranian revolutionary ideology in Canada. The Islamic Shia Assembly of Canada, been operating in the Toronto area for more than two decades, disputing these allegations. So joining us to talk more about all of this, Stuart Bell, National Online uh, Investigative Journalist for Global News, globalnews.ca. Stuart, thanks for joining us here today. Hello, Rob. All right, so what, what is the Canada Revenue Agency alleging about the activities of the Islamic Shia Assembly of Canada? Well, this, this charity came under uh, CRA scrutiny as far back as 2008 when uh, the CRA started raising concerns that, um, in their words, they believe that it may have been operating as a branch, uh, like the Canadian branch operation, uh, of a, a major global um, charity ba- or organization based in Tehran, uh, which is very close to the regime and is, in fact, headed by a guy that's known as the operational father of Hezbollah. So the CRA began raising these concerns, and eventually they conducted an audit, um, and uh, they, in their view, they confirmed that um, there were enough links between this Canadian charity and this one in Tehran that they uh, they wanted to take action. One of the allegations they made also is that um, they believe that this charity may have actually been set up in Canada in order to, as you said, to spread the sort of Iranian revolutionary ideals uh, in Canada. So in terms then of, of the consequences of this, I... I at this point, it's it's merely that the CRA has revoked their their charity status. Is there any other further investigation or potential you know criminal charges that might apply in, in these kinds of circumstances? No, I mean the CRA uh, revoked their charity status as as you said um, they after their their audit. Um, the The charity itself is challenging that, and it's uh, it's gone to the federal court of Canada to um, to try and reverse that decision. That's quite interesting when, in the documentation that uh, has been released so far. We don't know everything, but uh, in the documentation, the charity itself claims that um, this group in Tehran, and in particular the fellow who's referred to as the guy who basically set up the, the military capability of Hezbollah, the terrorist group, that he had sort of forcibly tried to take over this charity in Canada, that there's a an account they give of one of the Canadian charity directors going to Tehran, being sort of forcibly confined, uh, not allowed to leave, and forced to sign the declaration, handing control of this charity over to this Hezbollah figure. So it's it's quite an interesting tale, and their, um, you know, their their court action in which they're trying to hold on to their charity status uh, accuses the CRA of. Uh, alleging that you know they were trying to sort of foment revolution in Canada, which they deny. 
Was the CRA suggesting that there's any kind of funding coming from Iran or, or this, this charity in Iran? Yeah, the, the CRA alleges that the charity received funding from Iran. Um, the, uh, the charity itself denies that, uh, except for they say they did get some money from the Iranian Embassy's Cultural Center in Ottawa. Um, and there's one of the issues that's raised in the, this audit has to do with a series of properties that the auditors couldn't figure out um, where the money came from to purchase these four properties around Toronto, which were, um, you know, which were sort of owned by the charity itself. And, um, you know, there's sort of some mystery as to where the money's come from. But it's, it's another, you know, it's, it's a dispute. Of course, it's still um, unresolved by the court. But, and I guess the question is whether or not this is a case of the type of Iranian foreign influence in other countries that we've seen elsewhere, including in Canada. Um, or uh, in the view of the, the charity itself, they believe that this is just the overzealous auditors making wrongful assumptions. In terms of the charity's activities, I mean, do, do we see evidence of any kind of ideological overlap, even if they're not getting their marching orders from Tehran? Are, are they echoing? Are they, they parroting the, uh, the Iranian regime and that kind of ideology? Well, the CRA itself identified nine uh, examples of where they believed uh, that the Canadian group was basically serving as, um, I guess in their words, supporting the goals of this group in Tehran. Um, and, you know, they're quite substantial. For example, the, um, this organization in Toronto invited um, the leader of the Iranian group, who's, as I said, referred to as the operational father of Hezbollah. They invited him to Toronto to an event. Uh, there's uh, the CRA cited other things such as the fact that um, the the Toronto Charities website has a link had a link on it to the group in Tehran that they used the same logo that the directors in Canada traveled to Tehran to this group's conferences at the expense of this organization um, that this group in Tehran was sort of interfering in the affairs of this group here so they've got quite a a list of uh, uh, of examples where they believe uh, that they believe demonstrate that this group in Canada was kind of subservient to the wishes of the the group in Iran. I guess now this whole matter is going to play out in court. Then, yes, and it's it's early, and as you know, these court cases can take a long time. Uh, it was only uh, the case was only launched in November after the CRA decided to stand by its decision, and so um, it could be some time before we. We find out one way or the other which uh, what type of case it is, but it is certainly um, it wouldn't be unusual for the CRA to make mistakes. It also wouldn't be incorrect to say that Iran and Hezbollah um, seek to interfere and sort of, uh, in some ways, control um, Iranian diasporas in, in other countries. Very interesting. More details, globalnews.ca. Stuart, thanks for this here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.